Your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. All correspondence and inquiries of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. On LinkedIn, you can find us by using hashtag Watchman. And you can join us on USA.life or MeWe, that's M-E-W-E, by using hashtag Warren Radio. The WIBR Warren Radio is also on three new social sites, Parlor, Clout Club, and Gab. And you can listen to our shows through the following carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Podchaser, and Deezer. You can also find the shows for listening and downloading on warren-usa.com or danaglinsmith.com. Be sure to take time to read the pertinent articles by The Watchman. We're featuring three this week. The first one is Manifest Deliverance present evil world. Manifest deliverance in this present evil world. There is a manifest deliverance from this present evil world. There is a path, a way, a light, and a plain path for all to find this deliverance. Prophesied lawlessness, mystery of iniquity. Prophesied lawlessness for the fellowship of truth means that the world will find itself in a time when rebellion finds fulfillment. Everything that has been deemed true and natural is now cast aside. And America's last stand of crisis opportunity. What most Americans see as a crisis, these enemies of the state see it as an opportunity. For the uneducated in destroying any society, the reality comes at you quickly. And now I invite the watchman. You're listening to Warn Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. 
Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight on this Thursday, June 25th, 2020, on our Battle Line show? Are you ready? I'm ready. and uh, Me too. I'm excited. Well, you know, Isaiah. And tonight is really a, a good section. And, uh, you know, when you go through this book, especially now, there are so many things that, you know, fit with what's going on. Oh, I know. It's like a mirror. And we're, we have Looking a lot of a mirrors mirror. uh, in this. And so, uh, you know, we... It just amazes me when I go through this. And, uh, you know, think of... Isaiah and how long ago he wrote it. I know. Maybe what, 3,000 years ago? I don't know. Well, two th- Well, see, yeah, because 2000, we're 2020, so 2000 to the year zero, it's 2020 to get to the year zero. And uh, the Lord was born before that, but uh, then you go back 2000 years before that and that was about Abraham so we're talking here probably about in between that probably about 800 to 900 it uh, could have been uh, even like that I'm not sure the exact timeline but uh, well, hang on and I'll let you know a long time ago it was uh, the date of the writing what I see is it says 8th century B.C. That means it was in the 700, which is... Yeah, 740 to 680 B.C. Yeah. It's really weird how it goes back backward. I know. And so I was thinking about 800. But it's, you know, uh, you know, it's just amazing stuff. So uh, we're going to get in it. And okay. I'll see you on the other side then. Okay. So today, Righteous Nation, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 52. It's hard to believe that we've been 52 parts. And uh, we're in Chapter 26. And, you know, this is really a good chapter But then you think about it, a lot of them are really good chapters. We're looking at the restoration of Judah to their land and the Messianic prophecies uh, which are enclosed in, in some of this. You can't get away from looking at this and seeing so many things that relate to uh, the Christian walk. 
I remember David Wilkerson many years ago, whenever you spoke of Judy, you spoke of the Christian church. You could metaphorically and compare them in so many ways. Uh, you know, although in the church we have the blood of the covenant and Judah had the law, uh, but the law was fulfilled in what uh, Christ had done. As he said, I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And uh, we're going to be talking about Judah leaving Babylon. And they'll be going, you know, from exile into a new Jerusalem and everything. So there's a lot of comparisons here. There's just a lot of good stuff here. Um, And so as a result, the chapter itself has many portions that can be looked at and seen in in a messianic or a Christian perspective. Uh, I say messianic in regard to, uh, you know, uh, Jewish believers. And And so we look at this and we see Judah and its experience and its deliverance and all of that can be compared to our Christian walk and also the Messianic prophecies. Basically, when we get into uh, Isaiah 26, we see this as a song of deliverance or praise. And, you know... The Jews were really good at songs or psalms as what we know them by. But this is in Isaiah. And verse 1 he says, And in that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for the walls and the bulwarks. Um, And in order to understand, you have to be delivered. And... You know, in that day when they finally get back to the land of Judah. Now see, when they first go back, they have to rebuild it. They have to rebuild the temple. There's a lot of things here that we are going to discuss in the process. But in verse 1, we see that when they get back, you see, when they went into this particular thing, which Isaiah is going to talk about, they were serving other gods. They had fallen away from Jehovah. And Jeremiah is one of the prophets that were there that spent a lot of time warning Judah uh, what what was coming. And so Judah wound up in in captivity, exile, for 70 years, which we look at as a as a generation but uh, when we see generation we see a perfect number in that the word concerning their captivity is fulfilled in 70 years thus the number 70 which is 7 times 10 10 is also another number of completion especially when we look in the New Testament as well because we have uh, the five wise virgins, the five foolish virgins. There, there's many things of the number 10 and the number 7. We call that, uh, I call that God's perfect number. 
And so you put that together and you have 70 years as the length of time that Judah was to be there in order to fulfill uh, the requirements which God had set. And at the end of that time, he would bring them out. So when they've been brought out, it's they've been brought out by, you know, the hand of the Lord. They They couldn't deliver themselves. And this is where you finally get into it they couldn't get out but they did get out and so in the first verse it sets the tone we have a strong city salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks because God is in charge the Lord will guard and defend her the walls and stones round about her and if you talk about the city of course the city isn't built at this time but it is going to be built back up and there is going to be uh, another temple built and the former things have passed away and they're going into a new a new time and it, it's interesting here because we when we think of God appointing uh, walls and bulwarks salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks it's really interesting because we see in this uh, a reference in type to Yahshua, or Jesus, being the chief cornerstone. Um, and in Psalms 118, we have the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone to the corner, and he's the headstone of redemption. Uh, he died on the cross. And, of course, this very thing, uh, the apostles uh, in Acts, uh, during the day of Pentecost, uh, when they was preaching in Acts 4, of Peter's preaching in verse 10 and, and a couple of verses. He says, Be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel. Now see, they're directly going to Israel first and then to the Gentiles. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. And this had to do with a healing that was going on. But see, he goes on to say, this is, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner of you builders, meaning all those in Israel, including the religious establishment, that God had set the stone, and he's the head of the corner, and he goes on to say, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. So when we see under the uh, the old covenant, uh, Judah being saved, and they talk about God appointing salvation for walls and bulwark, we see a type of Christ here. We see a, uh, a future reference to the Son of God who is the stone which the builders rejected and certainly Israel rejected her. John 1 said he went to his own and his own received him not but to as many as received him to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Now in Ephesians Paul carries this through in, in, in a little broader fashion to form out the church then uh, 18 through 22 for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the father 
Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And so where we have the Old Testament, we have a temple. We had a tabernacle. We had a temple. It was destroyed. We had another temple now. And then that eventually was destroyed during Titus. And the children of Israel are actually waiting for a third temple, which is going to be built during what we would call the Great Tribulation. And so a lot of these things were, you know, when we look ahead, we see this other temple going to be built, and it will be built, and it will be uh, a, a gorgeous thing. It will be quite the, um, uh, when that gets done, that'll be <laughs> prophecy that that really means we're in, in the crux of those times. It's just amazing. So we're over here talking about Isaiah. And Judah coming into Jerusalem, and they're talking about God being their salvation. And see, this is where Paul goes into, even uh, in Romans, and he talks about God not has not rejected Israel. Uh, and he explains through there in quite lengthy how God is going to call Israel and bring them uh, bring them out. And during the times of the Gentiles, they're they're going to be under. Uh, some delusion where they do not know but uh, the bottom line of it is is that God is is has that favor towards them and they will always be there and Paul talks about that too and then of course we get into Psalm 127 1 it says except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. And so this is uh, under David, you see. David, the king, had defeated all the enemies of Israel. And he wanted to, he did bring uh, the, uh, you know, the presence of God into the, into the city the chief priest bringing in uh, the whole thing. But David never could build the temple because he had too much blood on his hands. So it's interesting to see that David had indeed. Of course, there's a lot of prophecies connected with David. And we're looking for the coming of Yahshua, Jesus, the greater son of David. Actually, David was a warrior king, and when Yahshua, Jesus, comes back, he's going to be a warrior king. He's not coming back to die on the cross. He's coming back to put down rebellion. He's going to deliver his people finally and once and for all. And uh, this is all the believers. And uh, except the Lord builds the house, and except the Lord keeps the city, and we could look at America today. We, we fell away uh, a long time ago from uh, as uh, on fire as we were. We're more well described by the Laodicean church who's rich and in need of nothing and do not know that we're wretched, poor, blind, and naked. And whenever Israel ran into trouble, they ran into trouble because 
they had forgotten God. They had gotten sloppy. And uh, then God sent the enemy into their presence and whenever you see an enemy getting into the presence of Israel it's usually because they had sinned and God is sending their enemies against them to wake them up well we have enemies in America and and they've been here for some time and the reason they're here is because uh, the Lord uh, stopped building the house or keeping the city uh, this called America now we've got Christians here uh, we've got a lot of churches here, but we got a lot of sin and iniquity here. And uh, the watchman can wake in vain. The watchman waketh the people in vain because they don't pay attention. They don't care. They don't believe. And so when you have the Lord building the house and he's keeping the city and the angels of God are watching over it, then you've got a secure city. You've got a secure house. But today, you know, and what we have today, especially in all the liberal democratic run cities where it's just a mess there, where they've given in to the demands of BLM, Black Lives Movement and Antifa turns into just a mess. They want to get rid of the cops, which is law. That represents lawlessness. And one of the reasons they do is because Black Lives Matter is connected to uh, the Black Panthers, they're all uh, Islamic. There's a big group of black Islamics in this country that have uh, combined a number of them. Uh, in the old days when we were covering this uh, quite a long time ago, they were actually uh, combining uh, a form of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam together. Now these claim to be uh, straight Islamists uh, after the order of uh, the Black Panthers. And one of the reasons they want the cops dismissed in our cities is really simple. They want to get the Sharia police out. And uh, they want to take over America. So one of the best ways to take over the world is to take over America. Now see, we're not taken over yet. But see, this is what happens. Your enemy comes in. And the, th and the thing happened with Israel. And that's how they wound up uh, in trouble in uh, losing their city. They lost their city. They lost their tabernacle. They lost their, lost their prophets. They lost their priests. And they went into captivity for 70 years. Now the, the land was silent. There was no building from the Jews there. Uh, there was just enough Jews there to keep it uh, kind of going and... Uh, you know, doing the planning for whatever Babylon wanted, but Israel could not do anything on their own. They're, for all intents and purposes, a dead state at that point. But God hadn't forgot them, and after 70 years, he brought them out. And see, this is the thing. The Lord is in charge, whether you think he's in charge or not, including in America. Uh, Psalm 121, 3-5, He will not suffer thy foot to move. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, the he that keepeth Israel shall never slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Now remember, these were all Psalms, and a lot of those were written by King David. And it was in the early portion of Israel when King David was there that they did quite well. And... They were close to the Lord, but then they fell away, both houses, after the sin of Solomon. And, the you know, you had the two tribes then come out of the one. And both of those uh, portions of the house of Israel, there was Israel, uh, the ten tribes, and then there was Judah, which was Judah and Benjamin and also the Levites. And so both of those houses eventually fell. And, of course, 
this particular psalm, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Well, I'll tell you, in, if you read Jeremiah and you understand that when these prophets were warning Israel, God said, don't even pray for them. I'm going to send them out of here because they were so corrupt. And there's a message to you Christians and to the churches in America. If God sent his own people, his own people, his own priests, his own prophets, and uh, destroyed his own temple with his name on it, and his people who went by his name, and the city, and sent him into captivity, then know that God can do the same thing to you. And I can tell you that over many, many years, I've waited for the church to stand up and say something against a lot of the things were plaguing us. And uh, about 90% of the time, the church never says anything. Now that doesn't mean there isn't pastors there that are on fire and, and telling the truth. That doesn't. But on a national level, even today, the only one on a regular basis that really speaks out is Franklin Graham. There's a few others, but not many. And and so this is the thing you have to understand with America today. You know where is our heart and where is our feet? And that's one thing about Isaiah. You can read this. You can see what God did. Now, these are set here for an example to all of us. Now, see in Isaiah uh, 26.2. Now, this is really good because this is really a prophecy. Open you the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Now, see, Israel, having been delivered... Uh, by God from the hands of Babylon now in the eyes of God they're okay the justification you know for them have been made they've gone through what God had sent them to do there's a remnant and they're going back to Jerusalem and they're going to rebuild the temple and they're going to rebuild uh, Jerusalem they're going to inhabit it again they're going to get the you know work uh, the land and so Open you the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Well, there's going to be another one as well. And that is the fulfillment of this in the New Testament. One of these days, we're going to be going through the gates of the new city. And nothing that's defiled will be able to enter. And it'll be a righteous nation before God. And it'll be of all nations... Now see, let's look at some of these. And and of course, here in verse 9 of Revelation 5, and they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals. Now this is actually the beginning, of course, of, of Revelation. And uh, this, is, this is really a good picture of him in heaven with the redeemed. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Now see, for all of those that think that Christianity is racist, it's not. It includes every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. And that means everybody. And if you're a true believer in Yahshua, you don't see color except for red, which is the blood of Christ over 
over those redeemed. That's the only color you see. You're not in this black and white thing that the BLM has gotten America into. It's not into condemnation. It's into this. If you don't know the Son of God, you can know Him. If you're not redeemed, you can get that way. The offer is open. The offer is free. It's free to receive Him, but it costs everything to follow Him. That is the difference. And hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. You're, you've got a place that you're going to be. You've got a place where you're going to go. And you've got a God who's going to welcome you. And you're, going, and you're not going to be alone. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. And another one I really like is uh, Revelation 21:24. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Now, you know, especially when we look at the millennium for a thousand years, when Yahshua will rule and reign on the earth, he, uh, he will be sitting on his own throne. It will be the Davidic uh, throne fulfilling those prophecies concerning David. And he will also be ruling this on this earth. And and uh, there's a lot to this. This is quite exciting when we look on it. And, of course, here, the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. So as we see in Isaiah that the righteous nation will enter in, That's that was Judah. They they had gone through their stuff you know they yes they had sinned they learned their lesson and we're going to go through this even more as we get going in the book but it's one of those things that you know you can say that God can't see you or that he's asleep and he's off uh, playing golf (laughs) the bottom line of it is he does see and he's going to hold all men and women accountable And so, as the scripture says, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Make no mistake about this. And all of those who are murdering and all the wickedness that they do is not going to get away with anything. And and those people, you know, I mean, uh, one video shows this uh, white kid young kid he wasn't very old probably in 19 or 20 and he was washing his car doing something to his car and a black guy went by went on over and got, drew his gun put the gun up against his head and pulled the trigger and the guy, kid dropped immediately he assassinated him right in the street this was new york city i've never heard if they ever got the kid but see for that for that kid that did that to the other one god will repay You see, in this earth, one of the things today, as believers, you have to say, okay, Lord, what side am I going to be on? And that is your choice. And that's why in Revelation 22 gives us that choice. He that is holy, let him be holy still. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. And there's other comparisons in there. You can read it. Revelation 22, For I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. Make no mistake, this is not this is not fun time, you know. This is important stuff. And this is what Isaiah reminds us. This is, Israel went into uh, captivity 
because they sinned against the Lord God. Thank God you are under grace today. And Christ came and fulfilled the covenant. And he came and died on the cross and provided atonement. He triumphed openly over all principalities and powers. And now we don't have to perish. We have a way of redemption, a way of forgiveness, and a way to walk in his light. 1 John chapter 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But see, in, in Judah's time, when they sinned and they did what they did, Christ hadn't come yet, and their penalty, they were to go into judgment. And that means Babylon was there and attacked the city. And when Babylon attacked the city, Jeremiah, the righteous prophet, was in the center of the city. And there is a portion that he writes in there when the general comes in, the, the dude leading uh, the Babylonian armies, he recognized him right away and he says, he says, you can come with us or you can stay here, whatever you want to do, because we know who you are. And God had told him that him and and the one, his scribe, would be okay. And uh, Jeremiah made his choice. I think he ended up uh, eventually, uh, he stayed there and then eventually went down into Egypt, was taken down into Egypt where he warned the children of Israel not to go. So at any rate, you know, the, these are important things. And so now we look and make no mistake, uh, Judah didn't get away with anything. And even to this day, Israel is still suffering from the circumstances of sinning and turning away from the Lord God. And so anytime you sit in your churches and you think you've made it, anytime you sit there, you know, you, you have to understand there is a place for you to walk. But there are people today in the churches that are preaching heresy. There are people, uh, Christians, that are doing things and they don't think there's nothing wrong with it. There's people that are in these churches that are walking in certain lifestyles or abominations and nobody does anything. Matter of fact, they've got churches and pastors that tell them it's okay. It's not okay. And so understand this. In America today, one of the biggest things that they did, uh, a lot of the liberals and the ones who signed the bill was all Democrats because they passed the late-term abortion that if a baby, when they attempted an abortion on it, and that baby lived, then they could kill it outside the womb. Up till this point, you could not kill a baby outside the womb. If you were going to commit abortion and kill it, you had to do it in the womb. Otherwise, it would have been murder. That's the way it was, folks. But the way it is today... And New York has one of the one of the most liberal abortion laws on the books, and it's also New York that is suffering a lot in their in their own troubles because, folks, there is the blood that has to be paid for. Make no mistake about it. Even with Israel, they were passing their children through the fire unto Baal. Now, let's get into verse 3. Now, remember, we've had the statement of, of faith and, you know, God is our keeper in verse 1 and verse 2. The righteous nation is going to enter into the city. Um, they have gone into captivity. They paid their dues. And f for 70 years, 
they were as a nation that didn't exist. And all of a sudden, boom, God delivered them. And so it's here that thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Isn't it funny? It's not funny, haha. That in Philippians, Paul says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now that means to guard your hearts and minds. In today's society, if you're a Christian living in America or many parts of the world, the times are very, very stressful. If you're in a Sharia law Muslim nation, Christians suffer tremendously. And we report on this every week. If you're in China, you had a little repose there where Christianity was able to build churches and things, but no more. So Christians there are suffering. Christians are suffering around the world. And here we are in America. And we've got a rich and in need of nothing church. You've got people on the street that are dying. The inner cities are burning they're burning out the blacks. Their Black Lives Matter are supposed to be there protecting the blacks, but they're burning out the blacks. This isn't about George Floyd. This is about Marxism. And I've been warning this from the beginning. You know, the fact of it is, is that a lot of those who had been oppressed, whether you're white or black or brown, whether you're Mexican or whether you're even a Sioux or somebody or even even... A Caucasian, you know, there's plenty of opportunity for everybody. And, uh, you know, we're way beyond that. But see, they bring it back in order to cause trouble. But see, the bottom line of it is we've got a mess here. And so as a Christian, you know, those thoughts are going to come in. Well, how are you going to find it? The peace of God. It's supernatural. Now, in Isaiah 26.3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. This is a constant abiding peace. Now listen, whose mind is stayed, that means to prop up or lean upon, take hold or stand fast on thee because he trusteth in thee. In other words, you focus on the Lord. You keep your mind propped on the Lord and the things of the Lord. You keep these things before you. Now why could they do that in Israel? Because they had been delivered by the Lord God. They didn't deliver themselves. The Lord delivered them. And so, yeah. There's no guilt they're building the temple. And God had made sure that they would send, uh, I think it was Ezra the priest, to teach them the law. Help them under get back to where they were. God took care of everything. But it did take quite a time to get uh, the th- final, uh, the temple built and uh, the walls up and everything done the way it was. I think there was three different groups coming out of Babylon that eventually done it. Well, the first one I think it was was under Nehemiah. So, you know, it just wasn't overnight. 
And that's where the Lord told him, don't despise the day of small things, which we've already covered, because it, it wasn't going to be like the temple of old. They were starting over. But there was no condemnation. And that's the same way with Christianity. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the lust of the flesh but in the Spirit of God. Where you are having received the Lord, you're walking in His light and you have fellowship with Him. The devil will want to condemn you and he will even tell you things you did wrong and come after you. And you can say, well, I'm saved and he'll just keep doing it. you got to rebuke that spirit. You got to rebuke those thoughts. You even may have to rebuke the flesh. And I rebuke the the thought. I rebuke the spirit behind that thought. And I rebuke the flesh for thinking it. I bind that spirit and cast it into outer darkness in Jesus' name. You see, the thing of it is, the devil knows it. But see, he don't care. And unless you take a stand and stand on the dominion that God gave you in Christ, he's going to walk all over your peace. He's going to walk all over your conscience. He's going to walk all over you. And you're going to walk around oppressed, depressed, condemned. And you'll be like some of these white people that ended up kissing the, the soles, the shoes of black thugs who convinced these people they needed to repent for being white. That's a bunch of baloney. The only one you need to bow before is the Lord God in Jesus' name. And that's it. Perfect peace. Kyle and Delish is the one that described it as a deep and constant peace that abides. I like that. A deep and constant peace that abides. It doesn't go anywhere. It abides. And actually it's from the word shalom. And many times when when I'm talking about shalom, it means peace with God. It actually forms a cross. Peace with God is upper, and peace with those around you. But you've got to have peace with God, and then peace around you. That forms a cross. Because we go out horizontally. God is vertical, straight up. Shalom. A perfect peace. And I find this interesting. Isaiah 26 4 says, Trust ye in the Lord Yahweh forever. And these are neat because if you see some messianics, they will use the term Yah. Now, see, in the Hebrew, there's no J's. It's actually Yahweh, or Yah. Yah is the contracted form of Yahweh, and so they will write it in as as Yah, and it'll be written as Y-A-H or J-A-H, depending upon who's doing the writing. But both of them represent Jehovah, or Yahweh, the personal covenant name of God Uh, and when you in this verse 
26, 4, it says, Trust ye in the Lord Yahweh forever. For in the Lord, that word Lord, the second one is Yah, the contracted form. Um, Yahweh is everlasting strength. And when you put the full word Yahweh and the shortened form, or you know, like Yah and Yahweh, when you put it like this, this brings forth the highest sense that is possible to get you to understand the majesty and glory and holiness of God. See, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that in the church in America, pretty much since I've been a, been a believer, and I've been a believer a long time, and uh, that we don't reverence God enough. We don't worship him enough. And so these are very important things. Hang confidently on Jehovah forever. For in Yah Jehovah is an everlasting rock. There you go. You got the rock again. He's the rock of ages. You remember that song? I don't think we sing those much. But see, when we get into the apostles, he is that chief cornerstone. And the combination there of those two, Yah and Yehovah, you find them, and it's met in Isaiah 12.2 and in Isaiah 26.4 here. And so we're looking at this majesty. Well, you know, the children of Israel are going to be mighty glad to be delivered. And as we go down, you'll see more of that. The, the prophet will be putting it in there. And you'll see... I mean, how would you like to be in captivity for 70 years? I mean, look at it this way. Some people were old and they went into captivity and they they died before they ever got out of captivity. You had others that were born, the three Hebrew children, and even had Daniel. There was a lot of the a lot of the Hebrews had been taken in by Babylon to train. And uh Daniel was one of them, and God blessed him. And Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego was another. But there were others there as well. And it's interesting to note that when you put uh, that kind of a presence in a pagan city, you're going to have some of those pagans uh, become believers like the Jews were. Now, see, the Jews would have really been believers because they they went into captivity. They Their own prophets... You know, if you read Jeremiah, the their prophets went against Jeremiah. Uh, the priests went against Jeremiah. The king went against Jeremiah. Nobody believed him. Now, see, he was right. And so, when this thing came down and they wound up in Babylon and they were going to be there, there were a lot of people that died. A lot of people went into captivity. People died in captivity. In captivity, you don't have much to say about stuff. But then there's that group of them 
that suddenly are able to be delivered by no power of their own. That's the way you get, you come to the Lord. I was delivered by God. I know the place. And I know what happened before. By the power of God. And so is Tower. And over the years I've seen the power of God change many lives. And we've reported this power of God when we do our shows on the persecuted church on Wednesday nights. God moves. And man ain't going to stop him. And if he wants to challenge somebody, he's going to do it. If he wants to save someone or appear to him or give him a dream, he's going to do it. You ain't going to stop him. You can pass all the stinking laws you want to. You can destroy whatever you want to. But God is going to be there. Because he can get a message to them. See, this is why when we look in this, this double combination, this the highest sense possible, the majesty, glory, and holiness of God, these people would have seen this and just absolutely been ecstatic because it had been so long. They had suffered. They know why they suffered. And in Babylon, they worked to keep their faith They work to keep the faith amidst some of the most trying times. And folks, I'm here to tell you tonight that there are trying times coming. And when you find yourself surrounded, you just get in there with God. Because God is able to make a way. And even if he doesn't make a way, he's there with you. No matter what happens in God, in Christ you have hope. And see, Daniel and the three Hebrew children, they lived for their God. And when there were evil men trying to get them killed, you know, Daniel just did his thing every day. And finally, one day, he found himself at odds with the king. The king didn't want to do it, but he threw him in the lion's den. But guess what? In the morning, when the king checked on him, Daniel said God sent his angel to shut the mouth of the lion. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego stood up and said, Our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, I will not bow down to you. And I'm telling you, Christian, no matter what comes, no matter how nasty people are, you don't have to bow down to them. You just say, Our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we are not going to bow down, for we serve the Lord Christ. And that's it. There is a place here that God is saying to you, you need to stand your ground. You need to take a lesson from this. You need to understand. And when God delivers you, you're going to be saying the same thing. Yah, Jehovah. You're going to be using the combination of the shortened form and the other one in your own way, in your own English or whatever language, but you're going to be lifting him up because of the majesty, the glory, and the holiness of God came down where you were at. 
when you were facing death, when you were facing hunger, when people you were praying for were at their wits end. You need to believe because things are going to get worse. You need to understand your God is able to break through. I don't care who's on the other side. I don't care how big the army is. Oh, dear God in heaven, do you remember Samuel saying to his young apprentice there, when they were outnumbered, he says, Lord, open up his eyes. And he did, and he saw the skies filled with the chariots of God. Do you think your God is weak? If you do, you better go back to repentance. You better find out about this God and find out if you're going to serve the Lord God and believe or if you're going to sit on your fancy pew and expect the name of that church to save you. Expect the pastor to save you. Expect your friendship with all your buddies to save you. No, I'm telling you, when times get tough, there is only one who sticks closer in a brother and his name is Yeshua, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of the living God. Hallelujah forevermore. Psalms 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. This is in the beginning of the Psalms. So this is close to being probably a Davidic uh, psalm. David was always chased, always find himself... Revelation 7.17, he talks about all the tribes that were sealed. But then in verse 9, he says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. And guess what they're doing? They're praising God and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God which sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne in their faces and worshipped God. All of heaven is worshipping God right now. He's got a lot of angels, folks. That's a big crowd. And they're all praising this God. These are the ones that have come out of the great tribulation. These are the ones that a great multitude. I'm here to tell you that God is able to do more. And that's what Isaiah is speaking. And he did. This is fulfilled. And one of the elders said unto him, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and when, uh, white robes, and whence came they? And, he, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. No matter what comes, you look, and you understand who is your God. Because tonight the Lord is telling me, do not look at the enemy, look to God. For the battle is the Lord's, and it will be in Him that we will find a way. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're going to, uh, this is Isaiah 26, uh,
five. And we'll start there next time. But, you know, when you're looking at these things, God's program was more than just with Isaiah. I remember when the children of Israel went into captivity, Ezekiel was among them. There were righteous people in Jerusalem and hadn't done anything, but yet they they faced the same judgment. Understand tonight, America needs to repent. It would be nice if everybody would repent. It would be nice if we could just kiss and make up and get along, but we can't because of sin. And then there's the devil, who his number one job is create as much chaos and send as many to hell as he can. And I can tell you that he works real hard at that. Father, thank you for your word. Bless your word to the hearts of all those that hear it when they hear it. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. Okay. You know, I I really like this, Isaiah. It's real, it's special, and it's very touching you see the heart of God how he keeps his peace yeah you do and that deep and constant peace that abides the world cannot know it you can't know it until you come to the Lord well that's true you know and and the thing of it is is that we need to make sure our minds are stayed on him, and that's what the scripture says. That's right, amen. And so if you're having trouble, stay on the Lord. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay, good night, everybody. We're praying for all of you and all that have written to us. I want you to rest assured we're lifting you up before the Lord God. We love you. We hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. God be with you, and thank you for all you do for him. Good night, everybody. Folks, don't forget to go to our website, warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com and join, check out. Join us tomorrow for Sound the Shofar. Good night, everybody. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.